You are listening to the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. We exist to empower the voices of women who live their lives blooming alive through podcast community. Now, here is your host. Blooming Inspired Podcast, equipping and empowering the voices of women who live their lives blooming alive. Good morning. This is Michelle Bentham, host of Blooming Inspired Podcast. I'm so excited to be coming to you again today. And I have a great word. Today I'm going to be talking about how God's truth is our standard. Truth is our standard. And you know, the other day I was having a conversation with someone and it it was one of those conversations, you know, that was difficult because they were having a really hard time and they were having a really hard time with um, people in their life not treating them with honor and value. And so um, we agreed that we were going to stay in touch and I told her, I may not always tell you what you want to hear, but I'll always tell you the truth. And I remember her response being, she said, that's one thing you can count on with me. I'll always be honest. And I just want to address truth from this perspective of we have reality, which is what we're really experiencing in the moment. Then we have our perception, which is what we understand about what we're experiencing at the moment. Then we have the facts, which are what's, what's actually happening in the moment. And then we have honesty, which is our truthful response to the facts, our perception, and the reality of what we're experiencing at the moment. But honesty is filtered through feelings and perspective. And if our perspective is anything but God's truth, it might be off. Understand what I'm saying? I can be as honest and I can, as I can be and still not be aligned with the truth. And so today I want to talk about this idea of truth. And first place I want to go is in John 14 and verse 6. That's kind of our foundational verse for this conversation. And then we're going to flip over to Psalm 15 and read from Psalm 15. Oh, come on. It's good about truth. And I'm going to share a personal testimony about how God really drove this into my heart because the the honest to goodness truth about the matter is, is we will never trust God unless we believe he's true, true to his word, true to his nature, true to his character, true to every word that's written in the Bible. Unless we believe he is absolute truth and he is our standard, we will never trust God. So in John 14, 6, in the Passion Translation, it says, Jesus explained, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me. To know me is to know my Father too. And from now on, you will realize that you have seen him and experienced him. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And to experience Jesus is to experience the truth about the Father. If you've got parents who have not treated you well, who have not been good to you, have not honored you, have not taken care of your needs, have abused you, misused you, neglected you, served their own selfish ambitions. I know this is true of me as a parent. We don't come equipped to be parents and you don't come with a manual telling us how to be your parent. We have the Bible and we have our life experience and that's all we've got, sweets. So we don't know how to do this differently until, as Maya Angelou said, we do better when we know better. So I want to read to you from Psalm 15 and here's why. 
Because for, for many, many, many days in 2009, I confessed to myself, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Jesus' words were just resonating in my heart over a circumstance that I was in. And that circumstance was realizing that, that my husband had engaged his heart in an emotional affair with another woman some distance away. And it was all over the telephone and over the internet. They never met in person. But it was devastating for me to realize that. And I didn't trust a lot of things as true with respect to my relationship with him. And so over those first two or three weeks, I would tell God, I'm going to need a word from you. And he said, your word is truth. And so I looked up that scripture, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so over those days, as the, the realization of what was happening and the depth of it came into my awareness, I would say, you know, if this is truth, it'll set me free. If this is truth, it'll set me free. And at that time I was writing my blog and I wrote about what I was going through. I didn't share as much specific detail, but I just shared the depth, the pain that was going on in my life. And I remember very distinctly, there was a a woman who commented on my blog. She was a, a friend of mine at that time. And she said, you know, your painful reality is not the truth that sets us free. And I had to ponder that for a little while. You know, my painful reality, the reality of my circumstances, no matter what they are, if they're good or if they're bad, is not freedom. Jesus is the truth that sets me free. And the only way I can know him is to know his word, the depth of his word, the the intelligence of his word, the wisdom of his word, the reality, the love, the compassion of his word. The only way I can know him is to know the scriptures. And so I began to adjust my translation a little bit and say to myself, you know, this is what's happening and this is the fact, but this is not the truth that'll set me free. And shortly after that, I did the Bible study, No Other Gods by Kelly Mentor. And in that Bible study, she writes, Satan will tell you the facts all day long, but he will never tell you the truth. And that's so true. We can partner with the reality of our circumstances, with the reality of what's happening, with what we're experiencing. We can even partner with our perceptions of what's happening and the facts as they exist and never be partnering with the truth. Never truly reaching that place of pure truth that is at the heart of what we call honest. You see, I believe God wants us to come to him with our honest assessment, with our honest perception, with our honest understanding of what the reality and the facts are about our circumstances. And then he wants to flip it on its head and show us what the truth is. And the truth is, he will take what was meant for evil and turn it for our good. So here's why I want to land in Psalm 15 today. Because hmm, this is the truth that set me free. This is the truth that allowed me to stand beside my husband and stay in this marriage and stand for this marriage when my husband really couldn't because he was in a state of confusion. He was very hurt by things I did. I was very careless and unconcerned with how he felt about things. And so 
I mean, it, there was there was guilt on both sides of the equation, if you want to see it that way. He stepped outside of our marriage, but I had forsaken him in a lot of ways because I'd given up. I'd given up hope, and I just abandoned him in our marriage. And so here's what it says. It was written by King David, and it says in verse 1, Lord, who dares to dwell with you? Who presumes the privilege of being close to you, living next to you in your shining place of glory. I want to pull this up in the New King James Version because this is where I read it the first time was in the New King James Version. And it speaks a little differently in that first verse. And I just want to share that with you. And then we'll come back to our reading in the Passion Translation because I think the Passion Translation is where I want to go. But I want you to hear this the way it way it talks because in my mind, I wasn't being honest with myself. I wasn't being honest with my husband. I wasn't even being honest with God in this season. I was miserable. I was hurt. I was angry. And I pretended like I wasn't. Although, if you knew me very well, you would see it. You would hear it. You would experience it. It says in verse 1 in the New King James Version, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill. And it says in verse two, he who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend and in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own heart and does not change. He who does not put out his money at usury, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. Now listen to this, because here's where it comes to in the Passion Translation. So Lord, who dares to dwell with you, who presumes the privilege of being close to you, living next to you in your shining place of glory. Who are those who daily dwell in the life of the Holy Spirit? The response is, they are passionate and wholehearted. They are sincere and always speaking truth, for their hearts are trustworthy. They refuse to slander or insult others. They never get listened to gossip or rumors, nor would they ever harm another with their words. They will speak out passionately against evil and evil workers while commending the faithful ones who follow after truth. They make firm commitments and follow through, even at great cost, and they never crush others with exploitation or abuse, and they would never be bought with a bribe against the innocent. They will never be shaken. They will stand firm forever. Here's the truth. You can stand on the truth. It's firm foundation. It's firm ground. There's no shifting or shaking in the truth. It's an absolute standard. And a standard is a banner. It's, it's a flag that flies that says, yes, this is true. And I can tell you the truth. I was caught up in deception my entire life. I believed it was better to pretend to be something different than to be myself. And through this experience of being so deeply cut in my heart by my husband, I abandoned pretense and I began to live and pursue who I was in God. I ran to church and I ran to a pastor and I began to receive ministry and I worked through six weeks of inner healing and deliverance for myself. 
I wasn't talking about what my husband needed to do with that pastor. I wasn't complaining against him. I, I went to her and said, this is how I feel about what's happened. This is what's happened. And she walked me through forgiving him. And I'll be honest with you. I told the Lord in that moment that I realized what was happening. I don't want to blow up my marriage, but I'm going to go in there and do it because that's how I feel in my heart. So I need you to forgive him and teach me what that means because I don't think I can forgive him right now. And it took some time of me running back to the cross over and over again and reminding God and reminding my heart that this is what we did. I laid that pain. I laid the acts that were done against me at the foot of the cross. And I chose to leave them there. Now, that doesn't mean that it doesn't ever come up again. Because I'm going to be honest about that too. It does. And I have to run to the cross. And sometimes I have to talk to my husband about what I'm experiencing. Because I need him to understand sometimes I'm not reacting to him. I'm reacting to the pain. And there's another layer of forgiveness that the God, needs, God needs to use to shave off my heart to make it look more like him. You see, if truth is our standard, we begin to look like Christ. We begin to live like Christ and we begin to act towards others out of his love, his compassion, his mercy. And I'm tired of running around worrying about things that don't make a hill of beans in the kingdom of God. They just work against it. I'm tired of running around giving the devil more attention than I'm giving God. God deserves all the glory, all the praise, all of our attention. He is the truth that sets us free and the devil is a liar and he will use lies to keep us bound up and to keep us from seeing the solution that lives inside of us, which is the truth of God. Truth brings balance to your life. Truth brings peace. Truth brings a fruitful place for you to stand. You got to know truth, honey. And if you're in that hurt place, run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. It was about a about nine months after I found out about this emotional affair that I ended up, uh, my husband ended up going to work out of town. And I was really struggling because some of this emotional affair took place while he was working out of town. And I, and I didn't know how I would do emotionally with him being gone so soon. So, and he was in West Virginia, so, and we're in Texas, so it wouldn't have been like a quick trip home for him or a quick trip for me out there. It would have, it would have taken some doing to get us together if, we, if I needed that. And so I was going to have to trust the Lord with my husband as he went to work out of town. And I was going to have to trust my husband, even though I knew in my heart that I didn't. I didn't yet trust him. I didn't yet fully let go of all those things that had happened between us. And so while he was gone that first weekend, I was preparing myself to go to church. And I walked into the kitchen and was putting things in my purse at the kitchen table. And I just heard it just as clear as if he had been standing in the room with me. Here are the words that I heard run through my mind. You don't trust me. And I was like, well, of course I do. I, I've learned every scripture in the Bible about trusting you. And he was like, no, you don't. You don't trust me. 
Because if you trusted me, you wouldn't be worried about people. You wouldn't be worried about people. And I was like, oh, you're going to make me do this, aren't you? And he was like, oh, yes, ma'am. Because if we don't nail this down, nothing else matters. If you don't trust me, nothing else matters. And the, and the facts, the truth of the matter are, people are going to hurt you. People are going to abandon you. People are going to leave you. They're going to forsake you. They're going to do things, say things, and act in ways that destroy you. But God won't. God won't. God will not abandon you. He won't leave you. He won't forsake you. The truth is he's the only one you can trust. And if you don't trust him, you need to sort that out with him. Hmm. So Lord, we just come before you today and we ask you to make us trustworthy and trusting of you trustworthy and trusting of you make us ones who will not make us ones who will not despise and will not choose our circumstances and the facts of that reality over you i pray dear god that you would rise up as our standard of truth in our hearts and we would live according to your truth and speak according to your truth and focus on your truth and your kingdom and that you would heal our hearts and set us free through your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's all the time that we have today. I do want to remind you, we have our Passion to Purpose retreat coming up April 4th through the 6th. April 4th through the 6th. And it's going to be a powerful time as we we dive into the subjects of identity, discovering passion, and becoming equipped for purpose. Over three days, you'll get two nights accommodations and five meals Um, I'm looking to take about 10 women with us. We are going to be staying in a house here in Granbury, Texas. The cost is $225. You get all the group sessions, all the materials we will provide, plus two nights and five meals um, for $225. And if you register before March 1st, you can break up your registration into two or three payments. If it's two payments, it will be $112.50 when you register and $112.50 before March 15th. And if you break it up into three payments, it will be $75 at the time you register and then $75 in two payments before March the 15th. And so I'm looking forward to this. We're going to have it on April the 4th. Registration is going to officially close on March the 31st. And so um, it's just going to be a, a wonderful time of intimacy with the Lord, intimacy and fellowship with like-minded women who are pursuing God and heart after their purpose. It's going to be a coaching style of retreat with some teaching and activation. And there's going to be gifts and there's going to be creativity expressed. We're going to do some vision boarding and we're going to do a coffee cupping event, which is pretty exciting if you ask me. So I'm looking forward to our time together in April, but I need you to register. If we're going to have this retreat in April, I need you to register and it's April 4th through the 6th. Also, Bible study will be take place again on February 16th. Join us on February 16th at 10 o'clock in the morning here in Granbury or at 10.30 a.m. on Facebook Live. That's facebook.com forward slash Blooming Inspired. And we will be reading the book of Mark chapter 11. 
and uh, we've got five weeks left after February 16th. Five weeks of Bible study left after February 16th. It's so incredible to me. And so I just want to encourage you. I want to, um, to tell you how grateful I am to have you in my lives, even in this way between us um, where we, we're not talking face to face, but I feel like we're connected. And so um, today I just pray that the Lord would reach into your heart with these words and he would speak life to you. And I want to remind you not to despise those small assignments, but let your roots go deep and bloom where you're planted because it's the first step to living your wildest dreams. So live your life blooming alive. You have been listening to the Blooming Inspired Podcast on Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. This show airs Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Central Time. To learn more about this podcast, its network, or the ministry of Blooming Inspired Network, please visit bloominginspirednetwork.com and select the podcast link at the top of the page. Thank you for listening.